0: I'm old enough to remember dial-up. I don't think many of you know what dial-up is. Dial-up was when we connected to the internet. There used to be a process with a sound. Any of you actually remember that? Just as a matter of interest. Anybody ever recall five of you? Right now, the rest of you are welcome to the guys from Germany, uh, uh, Joshua and some others, all from Germany. Welcome. You've come a long way to come to church. Thank you for doing that. Um, You know, for for many of you guys, if you're trying to log in or connect and you're not connected in like three seconds, your temperature, what is wrong with the world? We used to hit the dial up and then go, make yourself a cup of coffee. And come back, and hopefully it would connect by the time by the time you you were done. Um, and recently, uh, so I have this habit of using the same password for all my logins. It's a bad idea because if they ever you know if anyone ever finds it, they can get into your cloud, your bank, your passport control. I can get everything. So I decided that the other day I should change a few things because that's what security is. You should change a few things. And I got to one and I couldn't remember what I changed it to. And then you got to go through this awkward thing of prove who you are, send an email, we'll send you an email, change it, change it to the one we recommend. And when you are done all of that, you get like a, this is a weak pass a password. You have to change it. I bring those kinds of examples up to practically illustrate uh, my conversation with you tonight. And that is, I want to talk to you about accessing abundance. Accessing abundance. It is a remarkably strange thing to me that sometimes people who have a lot feel like it's never enough. And then some people with very little can make it feel like all they need. Not so long ago, a friend made homemade pasta. Now, homemade pasta is a job, let me tell you. It's not easy. It is cheaper and quicker to just go to the shop and buy pasta. If you've never made pasta, it's a, it's a long, if you're Italian, I apologize, but it is a long, it is a long, long process. He made pasta and um, grated some parmesan, parmigiano uh, cheese on it And with every bite, his face just shone. It was the most wonderful thing he had ever had, ever, in his life. And I thought, I I wish I could just, I wish I could just cheer little things in life and be genuinely happy about that. Instead of waiting for an impossible, unidentified future something that will hit the spot in my heart. And I got to thinking about how important it is for us to navigate that. To know what the passcode is to your peace and the password is to your happiness. To know what the combination is and what the barriers are and what the level of your kin- con- connectivity is. So the other day, you know, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole. It happens easily. I just sort of let, let it play in the background and at some point or another, they just fall in a rabbit hole. I, met, I found some some... Community of people who believe that you must walk barefoot. And like your feet must make contact with the earth. Like, okay, there, there are people here in that community. It's grounding. It's like a literal. So this is a thing. Any ground is out here just as a matter of interest. Anybody who believes in it wants to do. Anybody, okay, okay is that a form? Is it, Vince? Okay. Vince, I it's sort of suspected. That Vince was a bit of an earth child. But the, the, the idea is that we have been separated too much from the planet, you know, so we've got to walk barefoot on the I, I don't know, maybe it could be a cool, cool idea. Uh, go for it if that's your thing. We used to have a youth pastor here. The temperature outside could be minus five and he would walk around barefooted. It would just make absolutely no sense. We would try it. We bought him shoes like as a gift, like we did all the Christian things. Here are our shoes. We gave it to him. He thanked us. He put it on Instagram, never on his feet. So... It just seems to be one of those bizarre things. Well, you could ground yourself on the earth if you want, but do you know that there can be very easily barriers arise in your soul or your spirit that from your side makes it difficult to connect with God, whereas at all times God is pursuing connection with you? And I want to talk to you about, uh, in the series on, on Enough, how to get there. There is a man in the Bible whose story uh, is both wonderful and terrifying. Um, it is in fact the oldest book in the Bible. Quick pop quiz, whoever can tell me where the oldest book in the Bible is gets like uh, uh, a mocktail on me. Wow, that, that whole row. That whole row, I think... So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten mocktails on me. Uh, Cam, can we talk about that discount? Can we? Um, I think I, I'm happy to do that. You deserve it. Job, spelt job, uh, is in fact the oldest book. Oldest book in the Bible. It's not. Put in the order of when they were written. It's put in the order that tells the story of Jesus. So the Bible is not written chronologically, it's written missionally, what the mission of God was on the earth. Just anyway, free information. Job chapter 42. Job had a terrible experience. He was doing very well, he was very successful, and one day the devil, the story goes. Uh, goes to God and says, would this man still worship you? Would he still? So let me reword it. Is is Job's connection to you through things? If you took his things away, would he still have a connection? Think about that. And then later it was, is Job's connection with you through his marriage or or the people in his life? And so there's this little story in the Bible about a a, a dispute that takes place. Uh, God Proves to the devil that our relationship with him is not connected through multi connectors but directly with him. And so we come to the end of Job and the story of his life. And there's this wonderful conclusion to the book of Job. It goes like this: chapter 42, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, I think that's important to know because his friends weren't good to him during his tough times, but Job first prayed for his friends. I just want you to remember that. And by the way, someone in the morning service came to you. morning service quite a big service. Came to you afterwards and said, you know, God is really using you. And just thank you for learning all your scriptures and not having notes and being able to read them off by heart like that. So the people on the sides will know there's a screen there and I'm reading it from the screen. Um, but pretend that I just learned them off by heart and that's just the kind of guy I am. So Job, uh, <laughs> I'll just mysteriously look up. Job... <laughs> had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, gave him twice as much as he had before. Wait, before you go there, before you go there. It's so fascinating to me that everybody prays, Lord, give me twice what I had before, ain't praying for their friends. So we must try to remember that the one thing is connected to the other. You've got to be more grounded. Or you're going to untether and fly off like a helium balloon into nowhere So he prayed for his friends and God blessed him. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. So another restoration. Come to my home. Let's break bread together. Let's have fellowship together. He had been disconnected from his family because so much had gone wrong in Job's life. People didn't want to be his friend. Have you ever been there? where so much stuff seems to be going wrong the people don't actually want to connect with you. They don't know what to say to you. They are avoiding you, but not because they don't like you. They just don't know what to say. And so there's a restoration. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on them, And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. And I did think that I've invited a lot of people to my house. And I am waiting on the gold rings and the pieces of silver, but, you know we will leave it there for now. It's just a nice hint. I'm just sowing a seed and whatever, whatever I'm joking I'm joking. This is the service not recorded, so I can say stupid stuff like that. And then I, I will say over the last few months, and I've shared this with Vince and, and Mark, the site pastors here when I, I'm in the evening service, I have this great sense that God is going to raise a couple of young adult preachers and leaders and that I see a future for myself as mentor, a cheerer, and and builder of those people. I see myself in the front row more cheering, others stepping up more and stepping up more. So I'm just letting you know and that my eyes are wandering amongst you to see who, who the Lord has called. That is also normal. So I think that's important. And so there is this restoration process. And then this very famous verse, verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former. He had more before the process. Uh, He had more after the process than before the process. And try to remember that. Whatever process you're going through, uh, there will be more at the end of it than at the beginning. And how you measure more is very important. How you measure more is is very important. I know... I overdo the conversation about like being this gardener, but I can't wait to tell you about all the gardening illustrations in the Bible. I planted fruit trees during lockdown because it felt like a doomsday thing to do. And they're doing so well, except one. One wasn't doing so well. So I got an expert in the other day and I said to him, I'm not there, but have a look and whatever it needs, like spray it or fertilize it or whatever, but if you wouldn't mind helping, it's just not doing anything. It's not producing. I got back, gone. I texted him. I said, "What happened?" He said, ah, "Used this tree, dug it out. Put something better there next time." It's wasting your time. <laughs> Somebody laughing loudly at the back. There. It might be the guy. He's got the fruit tree. <laughs> He's got the fruit tree in his backyard now. <laughs> I know, I, I don't have one. Oh, my point is, it looks like I have less, but actually I have more because I'm not working on something that's never going to produce. <laughs> so if you count them, you say there's less. But if God counts them, He says they're more. You just think about, it. you think you lost something, but what if the thing you lost wasn't worth having or keeping or working on then Maybe you don't have less now, now you have more because you have more opportunity. I've got a, a space now to plant a thing. So I said to I'll just go get a tree. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to get you the right kind of tree. There's this special fruit that's a new blend and it's awesome and the bugs don't like it, but the humans do. I'm going to get you one of those. Just wait. Just be patient on the Lord. Stop filling all the stuff in your life with things. It's just a lot of effort that produce nothing, and they've got bugs. Okay. Don't use that same sentence though to your friend. Like, don't say to your friend, "I'm very sorry. You just use up space, and you've got bugs." Um, <laughs> you are a bug. Wow. That just escalated. That escalated suddenly, uh, more than the former. I I wanted to encourage you. Um, that the story of Job is is that Job uh, was at risk of loving God because of the stuff in his life, the things that had gone well. And that one of the most beautiful lessons about accessing abundance in life is to make sure that your sense of abundance doesn't come from stuff or people or status or social media, or things, but that there is an abundance in your heart, even in the absence of all of those things, that that you in God, and God in you, is uh, exceedingly abundantly above more than enough, and I think that sometimes we just have to clarify that, right, so, by the way, just by, by way of, um, uh, what's the right word, like a, It's not a spoiler alert because it's nothing to spoil, but advanced um, warning. Uh, One of the things I felt like I'd like us to do tonight, because you'll you'll see as we go through the uh, second bit of this message, uh, is to invite you to share communion. So at the end of the service, the breaking of bread, um, the team that comes up to the front to pray for people are going to come to the front and have communion available, and we will. Inv- I'll invite you to keep the mood in the room holy, and and um, the room, the, the mood in the warehouse uh, could be more sort of jovial and loud um, with mocktails, though. Let's keep it sane, um, but to keep it and for we you to come up and take and uh, receive the emle- uh, elements of communion, and to uh, sit somewhere and take a moment. And just make sure connection to abundant to abundance and the abundant life of God is uninterrupted and undiluted and 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 un, unlimited we don't get to do that in the morning because of the scale but often but let's do that here because we can for now right for now before um, it reaches the same uh, John chapter 7 um, it tells us the story of, of the source of abundance uh, it's got the illustration of water. If you, if you know the illustration of water in the Bible, um, I can't wait to talk about this over um, Passover this year. Water starts in Genesis, covers the earth. Um, water is used in judgment to flood the earth, but water is used to show new life in the waters of baptism. Water's a big deal. Uh, water in a well, but this one is a little different. John chapter seven thirty eight. on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, so just not to confuse it, whom those who believed in him were later to receive, Upon that time, up to that time rather, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So there was a time Jesus was saying when he goes to heaven and the Spirit comes that there would be an abundance of the source of living water in our lives and that we were to re- receive it at a later time to receiving Jesus. I think that is really important. You, you, you receive Jesus, you receive Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But when you receive function, you, you receive Christ as Savior and you receive Holy Spirit as authority. Function's different, right? And I, I think you've, you may feel like you're not, you don't have enough, and you're not enough, and there isn't enough, and the city isn't enough, and your, your single or married status isn't enough, or your bank balance isn't enough. You may think all of that is true, um, but actually, uh, God fills the gaps, is the river of living water and he becomes enough. You know the reason um, water is such a powerful example is that it, it occupies the shape of the available void. If it was a solid, it could only fit in the space. Do you see what I mean? If you've got a dimension, then that dimension must fit into an available dimension, but not water. Uh, water... Water goes into the invisible opportunities. Water occupies um, available space. Water seeps through stuff. Water gets into stuff. Water saturates things. Water is both abundantly present and invisible at the same time. Have you noticed that? You know, The earth draws it up. It could pour with rain and 10 minutes later, at least in the Eastern Cape, you wouldn't know that, that it had rain. Not in it in, okay? We've reached the point of saturation, now in it in. When it rains there, it runs to Limpopa. But um, truthfully, uh, it, it is both ever-present and also easy to be invisible. God is ever-present and easy for you to think of him as invisible. He soaks the soul and you could feel like there is nothing there, but it is both, uh, it, it is supernaturally abundant and important to see with the spiritual eye, or else you'll miss it. And there is something tremendously powerful about recognizing and knowing um, that God will fill available space. So this illustration of river of living water, your singleness is satisfied by the presence of the Holy Spirit, the living water of the Holy Spirit. So is your marriage, Because every marriage has its gaps and it has its frictions and it's got its tensions, it's got places the Spirit must occupy. And I just, I wanted to invite you to let the Holy Spirit do that. What if you can't access that? So I thought maybe I'd give you three steps to accessing abundance, accessing this nourishing life of living water from God so that you you can stop changing your circumstances and start changing your spiritual mindset, right? I have this huge problem that I personally have to work on, and I'm aware that I have a therapist in the front row, so I'm very concerned about how much of my personal issues I, I share uh, here, because the therapist will pull me aside and go, so symptoms are um, the following. But um, I have this personal thing that, like, I'm just not ever give th- things enough time for me to be happy with them. So something's always bothering me. I mean, I, there's a joke in in our staff team that I have reduced the square metres of my house by the amount of times I've painted uh, the walls. <laughs> that joke comes from, from, from Vincent, but it's now become quite popular uh, amongst us. Uh, because I paint by you, so I feel like, you know, the inside of a house, can, because I can do it in one day, I, th- I feel like it could be done every year. I think you could change a house colour based on, on the seasons and... And your psychology. So, So I keep changing. I just don't give it enough time to like, oh, that's cool. And then it's cool. And then 15 minutes later, okay, done with that, do another. And you know what you kind of have to do? You just have to pause and let the abundant sense of God at work in you make you feel joyful. Or you're gonna chase the wind. You're gonna be like that guy we talked about this morning, Solomon. You're gonna chase the wind. You'll never catch it but you'll always be running. Always running. But trust me, if you get into that race, the world calls it a rat race. The Bible calls it dead works. Same thing. You can choose which one you want to be, a rat or dead. <laughs> Sorry, that came out without thought. So, three. <laughs> to be raised again in newness of life. All right, okay, calm down. Charismatics. So three things I wanted to tell you about access. Number one is transaction. Uh, There has to be a transaction. Uh, Spiritual life is much like a lot of life. There has to be a transaction. In a good relationship, there has to be give and take. There's a transaction. In a good family, there has to be a transaction. You do chores and I do chores. There's a reward and a transaction. Uh, in spiritual life, there has to be transaction. Here's what I mean, not economical. There has to be a transaction. You have to lay something down to take something up. You have to put off the old self to put on the new self. You have to confess your sins and then receive the healing forgiveness of Christ. Do you see what I mean? There's a transaction. And you must do both parts of the transaction. Matthew 13 from the NIV says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it uh, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That scripture is essentially saying when you see the treasures of God, you realize other things don't have the same value. I'm willing to abandon those to have that. There's a transaction. you have got to lay something down to pick something up. Your hands are too full and your heart is too empty. What if you gave things to God out of your hand? and let God fill your heart. What would be better for you? A full heart, even if your hands aren't full. Would you prefer full hands with things, material things, but an empty heart? Which one do you want? And if you started there, then God would fill it here, here right? And then secondly, there's, uh, in addition to transaction, there's cancellation. I think um, <coughs> some things uh, have to be erased not just managed. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're harboring anger or unforgiveness, you have to put a stop to that. You have to stop becoming a master at masking and managing your demons. You actually have to be set free from them. Can we, is that, a, not a, is that a, okay? Can you, are we okay with that? I know it sounds very heavy, but I think too many Christians are being taught how to manage and mask their issues so they can have acceptance of formation and love, but what you actually need is to, be, to have, it, have it washed away, removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Put it in the ground through, through death, burial, and resurrection. It must be taken away. Cancellation is, is important. You can't just manage your stuff. It'll get away from you at some point. I'm telling you, you're going to have a weak day, and it's going to have a strong day, and you will lose. It's going to happen. It's just a statistical... Probability that one day you're weak and your issues are strong. But what if you could cut them off at the root, pluck them out, let no roots spring up and defile you, pull it out at that level, then you're free. And then God is enough, and your life feels enough and feels full, right? And so, cancellation Mark 11. Uh, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. I so want to preach that in Cape Town. And does not doubt, it's a joke, does not doubt in their hearts but believes that they, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So people get very technical. Is it an actual mountain? Well, it's useful to keep reading. When you stand praying, um, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, Uh, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Isn't it interesting that those two verses are connected? You want to move a mountain, speak to it. What should you be speaking about? Stand praying and forgive people their sins against you. Just let it go. The mountain was in the heart. Now we got charismatic standing over actual lady slipper commanding it to go into the sea. The biggest mountain is the mountain you brought with to the mountain. Those verses are connected and um, they're important. So you don't feel like things are enough. You're angry. Your friends are paying the price for an anger somebody else put there. So being friends with you means you've got to be a boxing bag for you venting all your stuff. But what if Jesus took it all on the cross and nailed it there and left it there and our living water nourishes and, doesn't, and is not leached from you and you've made a transaction, I'll lay something down and I'll take something up and you've allowed Christ to cancel stuff. Cancelling, so here's the condition of cancelling and then I have one more and then I'll finish at seven and then that'll be a miracle all by itself. Here's the condition of cancelling. When cancelling happens, it no lo- you can no longer lean on it for identity. Yeah. That's quite hard, actually, because the abused person always wants to tell the story of the abuse, and the, and the done-in person always wants to tell the story of their victimization, and I don't want to belittle abuse or victimization. They have must be talked about in the appropriate place, and consequence must happen but you can't say this is my definition and identity. You have to say, I once was there. Christ canceled that definition, renamed me. That's why Abram became Abraham and Jacob became Israel and Peter, Simon became Peter. He renamed them because the thing on which you lean as a defining identity has to be substituted for a better defining identity. And in that instance, your life feels full. And enoughness happens. That's been the conversation of the soul says. Finally, ooh, I'm over it. Over time, you've got to make a connection. I made that whole story about Dalap because uh, I think sometimes we simply accept bad connection. Just accept it. We've worked. We've done a workaround. You know, like I've got friends who, at their house, their Wi-Fi only works if they're like on the balcony leaning to one side you know and toe touching plant and they're like happy with that that's how they're texting and like you're all twisted to make a connection and Maybe you've decided that's okay. Your unrighteous relationship is leaning you over to the side because they're not into Jesus, but now you've got to walk like this. And then you've got to stand on the balcony because the way you've set stuff up in your personal life is unrighteous. You've got like addictions and stuff going on and you're a bit embarrassed, so you're leaning. You've got to get over and you've got to kind of put one toe touching Father's house. Ah, I've got a connection. It's very unstable, the connection, not you. Well, I don't know. You looked at me as if to say, why am I calling you unstable? And I don't know, maybe that's true. Jesus will fix you in the communion time. So make a connection. I'm going to conclude with John chapter 15. If you do not remain in me, You're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may be much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. How many times have I heard Christians quote, you may ask whatever you want, without any consideration to the idea of remaining in him? and his word remaining in you. The transaction there is, if my words remain in you and you remain in me, ask anything you want. Do you know why? Because if God's Word words are in me, I'll bet I wouldn't pray a stupid prayer. Because <laughs> it wouldn't occupy, like I wouldn't go, Lord, I'd like a 25 million ran house. Like, Lord, I'm just believing for it. Your own words of Uh, God's words, rather, in your heart of valuing things that are eternal and not things that are temporary will clash. Like, you'll feel embarrassed within your own self because those two words can't occupy the same territory. So Jesus said, stay in me, my words stay in you, and then there, in that transaction, you've made a connection, ask anything you want. I I think we overcomplicate this. And it just isn't making sense. Do you know how many times I've prayed prayers and I've known very well while praying that prayer, it's not gonna get an answer because I prayed it outside of being in God. I have definitely done that. I'll confess. People who've irritated me and frustrated me and come up against me, I've prayed prayers. Jesus, move them out the country. I'm believing you, Lord. They go get a promotion to the Antarctic. Lord, thank you. They got Greenland all written all over them. I'm not in God when I'm praying that prayer. I'm asking whatever I want, but I'm not abiding. Do you know what I'm abiding in? My emotions. I'm to abide. I'm grafted into my anger. And I'm talking from there. Jesus said, cancel that. Switch transaction. Abide in me. Ask anything you want. Now we're in a good place. So, I don't know what you're looking for, but I don't think it's where you think it is. I think it's in someone and not in something. And you need to figure out how to access abundance. Could I invite you to to stand with me, please? Thank you. So, So, here's what we're going to do. It's only five minutes after seven, and... um, And I'm going to do a prayer. Um, We're also just a a few things. We'll put up a prayer on the screen. We'll do it every service where you can invite Jesus into your life. If you've never done that, you're always welcome to pray it. And you're welcome to come tell us. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one for free. Um, And there's always communion. But today, I'm going to invite you to take it um, as part of the end of the service. So that means over the next five minutes, maybe longer, Mm You'll, you'll slip out, you'll come to the front and we'd like to look you in the eye and give you your communion and then you can move over to the side or go back to a seat or, or kneel or stand. Or Some Father's house people have a little bit of like a Jewish history thing going on. We stand against the wall for some reason, like I'm going to ride up their wailing wall one day. Uh, whatever makes you feel connected. And then if this is not your vibe or you don't know what it is, it's okay, you don't have to... You don't have to force this. You could, if you understand it, you, you, you'd be happy to do it. If not, you'd be first in the coffee queue. So there's that. And then I owe 10 people. 10. It's grown to 11. I saw two people move into that row during my sermon. I know who those saints are. So Lord, uh, our invitation from you tonight is to abide and to access. And in order to do that, we have to recognize barriers to connecting, and we have to be more grounded. And we need to be grounded in truth and word. And we need to figure out the obstacles our own enemy, our enemy, and our own soul throws up. So tonight, will you cancel every inappropriate connection? And will you teach us to abide in you? We want to access this abundant living water, water, living water that gushes out from our innermost being. And Lord, we want to figure that out. We want to live our lives thirsty for things that will never quench. We want to be able to say, the Lord has satisfied my soul. Teach us how to figure out what that kind of abundance looks like, Lord. And then as we, Lord, as we share in, um, in the breaking of bread, would you... Make it holy for us. Would you give us a holy impartation and revelation, that that uh, upon uh, sharing the the wafer representing your body and the grape juice representing your blood, that somewhere in that moment something deeply real will happen to us, that we will recognise that all things are passed away and behold, all things are made new. We have a new kind of spiritual blood running through our veins and we have a new kind of body, a new kind of habitation in which the spirit dwells. And will you please make that real to us tonight? And then Lord, will you, will you please lead us throughout this, this coming week? Will you, will you take us into, into our week um, feeling full in our hearts?